babies. Uh, welcome to the show, boys. Uh, it is Friday, Friday headlines. Uh, please allow us to start off with opening takes. Bill, I'm going to throw it right over to you. Uh, give us your opening take here for Friday headlines. Uh, Red Sox trade deadline. You know, you, did they botch it or was it the right move not kind of spending some money going after the Anthony Rizzo's of the world with the way Bobby Dobbox playing? You know, I think it's might be time to reevaluate a little bit and uh, see what our expectations were going then and they're kind of what they are now. But I thought it would be a good idea to just bring that up. You know where I'm going. You know, well, you, well, I sent you the email, so you know exactly no, where I'm coming from in this. I think you and I actually have. I'm pretty close to that. Like, I'm not – I'm. well, I'll save it, but I'm yeah, not we'll get far there. off. We'll get there. Um, I don't know if the, uh, you know, uh, revisionist, revisionist history is helping out the Red Sox right now, but to say that they're right or wrong at the deadline, mm-hmm. they might just be getting lucky. Ray? Uh, save it. I'm going to give you mine because it's been on the tip of my tongue. I'm going to save it from what I sent you, but I put a lot in the email and we get to it. Tom Brady. I know that he's hashtag dead to us. And that's been somewhat of a joke. Somewhat not like there's still this piece of in our heart. That's just a hole that he's gone. He's a fucking dickhead. Now he's just a full blown goddamn dickhead, petty, 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 passive aggressive dickhead, letting all of his mouthpieces do the talking for him. Daddy, this daddy is binky. Alex Guerrero today, right? Oh God! Is he you know what he is, Rich? Prick. He's like the <laughs> wife in a divorce that just keeps sending subliminal messages through the kids, uh, because, Ooh, because you're I like that, Bill. because the husband is has moved on and is happy yeah. with the with the young broad, which is Mac Jones. Carry on. The, he should be happy. He won the fucking Super Bowl. What is he? What, what's this poke? Bo- he's poke, a scorn poke lover. lover. Mm-hmm. Good. I get uh, he won the Super Bowl, but he's he's the type of chick that lost a divorce. He makes it look like it's great to be down in Florida, but he misses these cold winters. Well, he he, he, he with he she is with a new uh, guy, but he's from Florida and has a bunch of shitty tattoos and wears nothing mm-hmm. but white t-shirts all the time. Looks like Bill's and, mom. <laughs> and he, she's not really happy, uh, but she's found some success. It's a real hollow relationship. That's where uh-huh. Brady's coming from. She's pro- she's projecting. He's projecting all of the bullshit uh, emotions still held up. Uh, no, lot, sounds I like a marriage say. I know. Yeah, it sounds like most marriages we know. Uh, Ray, your opening take for the show, please. Uh, mine is Ben Simmons is about to make $33 million to sit at home because the 76ers don't want him. The California teams don't want him. Nobody wants him. This is a player signed a five-year extension, super max deal uh, last offseason, and now he's basically the worst NBA franchise player I'll, that you could get i'll tell you what if i'm golden state i'm changing my stance after this anthony wiggins news that's coming out right now and if you can move anthony wiggins at a piece to get ben simmons i think you'd fit pretty well on that team truthfully real quickly explain the anthony wiggins news anthony wiggins uh nba players are not required to get vaccinated he's refusing to get vaccinated the california state laws say basically indoor you have to be vaccinated he's refusing so he's $350,000 a game that he's about to forfeit for 41 home games. Cause I, he will not be allowed to play in the Oracle. Is that the name of the yeah, arena down there in Oakland? Was, he will not, is, he will not be allowed to play home games. And he said, I am not going to get it unless I'm forced to, I think $350,000 for 40, 41 games is forcing me to get the fucking, the jibber jabber. 
that's always, you know, that's a subject we've hit on. We don't have time to hit on it uh, this week, even though it, it was a hot subject in the text. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys were writing novels to each other yesterday. You know, these we're are just trying to golf. We're having grown men talk, right? Yeah. Sorry, Sorry you were busy. XOXO fucking fart jokes. Uh, included in the rest of the show, we're going to talk Red Sox Mets and the uh, two-game sweep the Red Sox had, what they look like moving forward. Uh, the Pat Saints obviously coming up. Can Do you think Alvin Kamara has a chance at 1,000 yards this game? All purpose? 1,500. Okay. Uh, Jalen Brown is the leader of the Celtics, not Marcus Smart. Ben Simmons to Philly. Uh, the Revolution uh, apparently are really good. Uh, tater tits on the pitch. Mm-hmm. They who? are. Exactly. Very good. First place. Uh, and also a little Bruins talk. We started the season uh, today, basically. So we're going to touch on everything. A uh, big show, a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and do it. Welcome to the Simple Mind Sports Show. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening on the podcast, do the same. Wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, uh, and always tell your friends. Uh, where we started this show uh, in the uh, in the cold open, not um, recorded, was Ray. You built a wall around that piece of shit boiler of yours, and I don't know if I like it. It's not painted yet. Don't worry. There's going to be some decor. He's really going to just, you know. That's just going to be his complete jack off room. Pretty soon, that wall is going to go keep moving this way across the computer screen. Yeah, depending on he's uh, building in his own dungeon, the beat off lounge. <laughs> depending on how that hypothetical marriage we talked about uh, goes, it might just become a panic room. There might just be fucking full walls around him. Uh, yeah, his head on. Um, you feel good about it though, Ray? Yeah, but you know what hasn't been feeling good for me, real quick. Ooh. Uh, you're a very uh, poop savant, if, if you will. True that. I haven't had a solid BM in a while, but the gas that is coming out of my ass is like, uh, I'm ready to push the panic button because something's wrong down there. Define a while. It's been two days. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. And I know you guys know I eat very healthy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's- well, you at least eat greasy. It should be sliding well, through. Well, hey. That's what I thought. The that's old ladies. The old lady's a nurse. Tell her to slap some gloves on. Yeah. Go knuckle deep up that asshole and figure out what's blocking it. She she could do that. She'd investigate it. Remember yeah, when we it, were farting at your house and it was just like the god-awful smell? That's what it smells like again. <laughs> it's bringing me PTSD. I like the... Uh, My house? Just farting at your oh, house. Oh, Rich's. Oh. No, that's what we do, Bill. I don't know what you do for fun. <laughs> you just sit around wearing... I love shows where Bill just comes in nothing but an old Hanes white t-shirt. <laughs> It's like he's right. right off the only thing that would make it better if he had like yellow pit stains and yellow. I'm sure it is. Roll, he doesn't roll, have a good enough camera roll, to get it. There's a pack of Marlboro Reds and the sleeve rolled up, you know, just fucking Billy Bass. Well, I had a collar shirt on. I took it off and just walked the white tee. Yeah, all Come right. On. He's rolling right out of Shawshank. Um, <laughs> let's start Red Sox, boys. Uh, uh, before we do that, of course, let, allow me to know. Jesus, I apologize to White Birch Brewing, uh, the best craft beer. Seven uh, minutes into the show. And, um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, well, you know, we're getting used to it. Uh, the best craft brewing in New Hampshire, down in National New Hampshire, Ray Address, please. 460 Amherst Street. Get on down to the brewery, get yourself a flight, get yourself a pint, get yourself a, uh, a hat, a fine hat here. They got plenty of them. Uh, big screen, nice uh, bar scene, big screen TV. Go watch some NFL football, some college football. Uh, they're open all weekend, all week. Uh, if you can't get down to the brewery, then certainly get at your local beer stores. Wherever you get it, tell them the Simple Minds boys sent you White Birch Brewing. Now, please allow us to start with the Red Sox. Uh, taking two of two from the Mets, seven in a row. 
Uh, two nights ago was 12 to five. Chris Sale, five innings, two earned, eight Ks. Kyle Schwarber with two big bombs, three RBIs. Uh, I don't know if you caught this. It was a little toward the end of the game. Iglesias had another sick fucking play. Oh, it was just dis- disgusting. Was nasty. On Lindor, right? Was it Lindor? I think it was. I think it was, yeah, because they turned it and it was, it was bang, bang at first. Um, finish it up with fucking shape. You don't with have a, um, uh, uh, a sacrifice RBI also had a triple that ended up being a inside the park home run. And uh, he's not on the playoff roster. That rule I understand is that. that's dumb. It's the same thing with the NBA, dude. March 1st, right? Normal season. You're not on an NBA roster. You have to be bought out by March 1st or whatever, April 1st, whatever it was. And then if you sign after that date, you can't go on a team. It's the same shit. September 1st. That's why you see all these September call-ups. Usually when they expanded rosters, they didn't do it this year with COVID protocols. Those guys are ne- can never make the team. You have to be on the, the roster before they fucked them. You probably could have. I mean, if you knew, you maybe could have traded for him. I know LA was still trying to hang around at the deadline, but you could pro- probably would have been more of an impactful player, truthfully, than Kyle Schwarber because I think it was a bigger need than Schwarber was because I think you have Schwarber who has not a spot in this lineup, and I'm benching oh. him. For, I'm benching him for a playoff. He's one- heating up, man. He is heating up. I don't care right now because you're you are in a one game playoff, right? You're not guaranteed. You're in the playoffs with a one game playoff. You need that best defensive team on the field. You're not going to piss a one game playoff away by him playing fucking first base or JD Martinez playing left field. You got to roll with fucking Arroyo and Kiki and center. That's it. You can't. Schwarber has no spot in the lineup. If he does, it's for JD Martinez. Truthfully, those I think that's where you you could see it. Yeah, and you saw it last night. I know night. we're I, off track. I'm sorry. No, but. no, no. It's okay. It's kind of where I wanted to go. I want to get to your opening take here. Um, you know, more more so than the the Mets game, but um, you saw it in late in that Mets game. It was unconsequential because the that means didn't mean anything, right? Because the Red Sox were were killing them. But I think it was in the eighth inning. Arroyo was in at second. No, it was ninth. It was ninth with one out, and um, the the Mets got a run. A couple more after this, he couldn't turn the double play. He just bobbled it out of his glove. Now they got the out at second. Like I said, non consequential to the game. But Iglesias makes that the game's over, and you win the game twelve two, not twelve five. In, in a in a playoff game, in a one game playoff, uh, yeah, of course those fucking runs are gonna matter. That's the difference in baseball. That's why the people who love it do love it. As long as it is as elongated as the game is, it does come down to those little plays. It does come down to um, who was the left fielder that let it go over his head. That's usually pretty good um, for the Mets two games ago. And Poirier, what the hell, what the fuck is whatever his name is. <laughs> Conforto, oh, I think Conforto, he's out though. Either you know, way, I don't even know who's on that roster outside of the Schwarber out there in left field, misjudging a ball in the fifth inning, allowing you know the inning to continue is what's going to win or lose you the game, whether you think so or not. So, uh, you know, I'm with Bill on this. Um, we talked about our perfect lineup, not thinking about if Iglesias was going to be available or not, kind of fucks it all up. But I don't know how you take Kiki at a center field. He's the the rest of your other options suck in center and he's been fantastic. So let me just throw it over to you, Bill here with your opening take on, you know, sorry, Ray, you had something. Is it McNeil? No, Jeff Red Sox, Bill, Kevin Pilar, Pilar. Pilar. Thank you. McNeil's there. Like a first baseman, third baseman somewhere. Pilar also had that. That was on Iglesias triple when out of in and out of his glove out there in right field. He had, he had a bad series with the Red Sox. Anyway, uh, to your opening take, should we be second guessing? Should we be looking back at the deadline, not beating them up as badly? I think you know where I stand on this, but I'll throw it to you, Bill, and, and kind of play the other side here if you want. 
No, I actually kind of agree. You know, it's been brought up this week, really, in a lot of the talk shows and some articles by how hot they're playing. I tend to disagree. I still thought they should have been more aggressive. Again, kind of go back to my Kyle Schwarber take. He does not have a, sp- a spot in this lineup. He just really doesn't. And, you know, you you hope that he could play first base. He's played six six games at first base for this team, and you've seen what he does. Bobby Dahlbach caught fire. He's hitting over 240 right now, and he's playing okay, you know, first base. That's where you thought your your big hole was, and that should have been addressed. Yeah, it's been nice that you've got Bobby Dahlbach hitting, but Kyle Schwarber is a guy that you you spent your top 10 prospect. I think he was a four, top 10. He was a 10th rated prospect in your, in your organization. You traded for him who missed three weeks after you got him. So it took three weeks to get him. But by that, to- that, that point in time, that's a big fuck up right there. Cause you let Bobby Dawbuck get hot in August and then carry it over into September. Right. So now you still have to question the, you have to question the moves even more now, because again, in a one game playoff, he's his ass is on the bench. You don't trade a, for a big bat to start the play, the first game of the playoffs on the bench. You don't, because again, Kiki Hernandez is not leaving. I was in big favor of moving him just from center field to second. No, I changed my tune on that real fast, especially after last night, he had a fucking cannon in the center field triangle to, to who was it? I think it was um, Lindor or Villar, one of those two going to third, a fucking yeah. cannon. So again, you can't sacrifice defense in a one game playoff, maybe in the three to five game series. Yeah. But in the one game playing game, no Schwarber's on your bench and it's a fucking waste. It is a, it's a truly an utter waste to go out and get a bat. That's not going to play. He doesn't have a spot in his lineup and it's frustrating me. I know how good he is, but yeah, he's, an, he's an excellent bet, but you know, this the the spot in the lineup is absolutely true. It was true when they signed him. It's been true ever since, which uh it doesn't totally necessarily like answer the question the with the fact that they're playing as well as they are now. Does that is it okay that the that the Red Sox didn't spend at the deadline? And the answer is clearly no. You're six schedule games, driven. Yeah, you're six games back in the division. You lost that lead at the deadline. In and around the All-Star break, in and around the deadline, you, you, this team played over its head to start the year, and you could see the hole start to pop up around that time. <laughs> around that time, uh, at the MLB deadline, they lost, what, four of six, including a bunch, a couple to the Rays, and then they came out and had that bad series Early against two, the Yankees. Yeah. And then you went to the deadline, and you, and you fell on your fucking face for about a month with Chris Sale and Kyle Schwarber two to three weeks away from helping you out. It's a fucking fail. And whatever whatever garbage you traded for Hansel and Gretel to for a salary dump to stay under the tax, you obviously could have traded that for a Jose Iglesias. So the whole the whole theme of Red Sox management going in the deadline was the entire region of New England is saying you have to make a deal to make this team better. You have to. So they did. That's the only reason. That's it. And they found one for 10 cents on the dollar or 50 cents on the dollar. If you, if you consider Schwarber, because it, everyone says it would have taken your seventh, six prospect to get Anthony Rizzo, which would have filled defensively a first base hole and offensively, not as good as Schwarber. Sure. But it would have actually met. Well, team. and you could have ate his whole contract and that should have been more enticing to the Cubs anyways, because the Cubs paid the rest of his contract. Right. So, I mean, if you want to throw in like a Travis Shaw, who I think has been a pretty steady guy off the bench, you could probably put him in, in a game late for Bobby Dahlbach at first base and then Glacius, I mean, moves that are after the deadline. I mean, it looks a little better, but at the same time, it's like the time to get an impactful player 
Kyle Schwarber was not the guy. Anthony Rizzo should have been the target. And again, you could, I would have been fine doing your seventh, eighth prospect in, in paying the whole contract. It would have been eight million dollars. You dump Chavis, you dump Marwin Gonzalez right around the same, in the same five days after the deadline. So it's like you, you had your opportunity to do at, it and you didn't do it. Looking at it now, though, and seeing how Rizzo has been flailing lately, do you, are you happy that the Red Sox didn't go after and get him? No, because I'd be happy with his defense at first base. He's a first base. He's a gold glove first baseman at defense. And again, in, in short playoff series, first round is one game. And then you have a five game playoff. You can't be pissing away games. And Bobby Dahlbach, you've seen how atrocious he is. He's been okay of late. He's competent to play first base, but he's not a gold glove caliber first baseman like Anthony Rizzo is. And it's don't not... give me this shit that they were, that they saw in Bobby Dahlbach and they were waiting for him to click. He's 26 years old. He's not a 22-year-old prospect. He's been in the bigs for two years now. They've seen him up here. He's never been able to hit for contact. He's been a home run strikeout guy his entire professional career. And miraculously, in August, he started hitting well. That is just sheer goddamn luck. So What's that first base... He's like 242 or something like that. Uh, on pace for whatever, 28 home runs. And he's been fucking awesome. Yeah, he's earned his spot in the lineup. And you're lucky that he has. Because if he hadn't, Kyle Schwarber would be playing first base for you in a playing game. And that's a nightmare waiting to happen. It's an you know absolute what? nightmare waiting to happen. That might have been the best thing for Dahlbach was them going to get Schwarber because it kind of lit a fire under his ass. I mean, Maybe. he he finished by mid-August. He was rookie of the month in August. And it's really carried over until July. I mean, at the time of the trade, he was what the number one OPS guy in in the American league. I mean, Bobby Dahlbach is what he is, but if he's hot right now, you can't, you got to ride that hot hand. And Alex Cora said it this week, you know, I mean, Schwarber gave him the opportunity to get hot because he was, he was hurt and then had a setback that pushed him out even longer. You know, I mean, he was a week away and maybe you could have reevaluated it if he found a, a, a spot in this lineup. And if he came in a week instead of three weeks, but again, in that three week window, I let Bobby Dahlbach become rookie of the month in August. And now it really made, it really made him, um, him expendable. How the fuck is he a rookie of the month when he's been here for two years? No, he didn't didn't qualify. Baseball's so fucking dumb. You have to play like, you guys make fun of soccer. You make fun of soccer. Look at these fucking stupid rules. Oh, he didn't play a full year. So you have to play 60. You, you, I think it's over 60 games or there's a certain number of bats. If you hit, if you have games, if you have, dude, if they play 162, right. For the season, like it's the not, greater it's point, not a lot the greater point to rookie or not. If you looked at that roster in that lineup and you said, what are the weakest points here? It was Bobby Dalbeck and Christian Arroyo or whoever else they're thrown out there at second base. And they did nothing to address either of them defensively or offensively. Those positions were not addressed. They went out and got one of the, "Quote unquote," the best bet bat on the trade market that has no place to fill to to play on this team, to in a, in a high leverage pos, uh, situation like Bill has said. So, uh, final grade of the deadline F minus, uh, and even more to the point, they refused to invest in this team after they proved that they were better than what the, than what Bloom and them thought, and and a and fast tracking the timeline that Bloom had put in for, in front of them, and when they didn't do it at the deadline. Everyone said that they're coming back to their base. No, now they're coming back to their level of play as they've gotten their momentum and motivation and confidence back. They're playing over their heads again, and they've played this level more than they've played the lower level this season. Just goes to show you they should have invested in this team, and they didn't. They should wear that whether they make the playoffs or not. 
Um, they are now, just to give you uh, quickly where they're at, two games up on the Yankees uh, for the first wild card spot, two and a half on the Blue Jays. Mariners and A's are at this point are probably out for yeah, they're four done. and a half back. Uh, get the Yankees starting on Friday, three games set. If it's two or three to Yankees, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Yankees, I think, and that should lock it up for you. Yeah, if you put it, because what after this week you got? Seven's the magic number. I was gonna, yeah, so you got eight games left, really? Nine games left, something yeah, like seven. that. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. You go up four games with, you know, six to play, it's over. Yeah. You, I mean, it's got to – so, I mean, prepare to get the Yankees. I, I probably expect them. I mean, Toronto's – you know, they've been playing bad of late. To, um, Tampa swept them this week, I believe. And there was some bad yeah, blood. I think they got one. Oh, they got one, but there was some bad blood there that we never talked about that I, I kind of enjoyed with the, they wanted Tampa stole the Caremar stole the, um, the info card to how to pitch to their, uh, the Toronto batters or Tampa batters or whatever. And then he got plunked the next day. He refused to give it back. <laughs> so he's like, nah, I gave it to one of the managers. And they're like, cause he thought it was his. He slid into home plate, but he, the catcher dropped his fucking nerd card. And, oh, and I didn't they, hear that. I didn't. Oh, know yeah. So, either. all right. Yeah. So he slid it. The home. He was out. He looked down and then the catcher dropped the, the card that shows all the shifts, all that shit, how they're pitching all the hitters. Toronto. Sorry. He said they said we want it back. And he's like, no fucking way. We're not giving it back. He claimed that he gave it to like Kevin Cash, you know, the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays and whatever. And he didn't know what happened to it after that. And then the Rays are like, no, we're not giving it back at all. So the next game in the eighth inning, Tampa's up down seven to one or up there, up seven to one. And then Toronto plunks Kmar bench is clear. The pitcher gets thrown out, but yeah, there's some fucking bad blood there. So I think they have one more series left. So, I mean, that that's pretty much, I wouldn't put it past the blue Jays to, to uh, leapfrog the Yankees. I think that's going to come down to the wire. Uh, if the Red Sox don't take care of business this weekend, then, you know, you're back to a three game race. So uh, it's not over, certainly not over, but the way the Sox are playing, and the way the Yankees are playing, it you know it would lean towards you can take two out of three. Even if you take one out of three, you're still in control. You just can't get swept. Uh, again, Dickie's path to the playoffs. So uh, we'll wait and see. Um, until then, head on down to backtobasicsllc.com to uh, calm the nerves as we get into playoff baseball season. Uh, backtobasics.com and Dr. Tom are your leading educational uh, guys in CBD and medical marijuana down there in Rhode Island. Head to backtobasics.com. Back to basicsllc.com. You get a free sample with every order that you make. And Dr. Tom will personally email you uh, and you guys can chat about your remedies for your ailments, whether it be you, your shitty shoulder, you, your shitty dog. You want to go to sleep, you want to sleep a little better. Dr. Tom will help you out personally. So back to basicsllc.com. Okay. <clears throat> Let's touch on this Brady. Brady Bill. <sighs> Love Bullshit. it. Let's do it. I'll give me, I'll give you some quotes. <sighs> I'll give you some quotes here. Are you guys know. buying that book? I think one of us should buy the book. <laughs> I'm buying the book. I'm going to fucking read that. That's When's it come out? October 12th. And that's about the palace queue, right? Actually, send, about- right, see if you can send a note, see if we can get one uh, for free for media, for media access. Perfect. <laughs> Put that in my notes to do. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> let me give you some quotes here. Brady Sr. Uh, spelled it off this week. He's been doing this for years now, even with Brady was on the Patriots. Certainly now does it's not have a soft spot in his heart for uh, for Bill Belichick. He's a sounding board for his son. Yeah, maybe. His son's 44 fucking years old and a bajillion. Yeah, like, but he doesn't want to look like the guy that's saying all this bullshit. He just spews whatever, whatever Junior's saying. 
is regurgitated out of fucking his dad's mouth to everybody else to hear it. Come on. I think that's true. I think it was more true. Same um, thing with Guerrero. I think it was, well, I think Guerrero is direct. I think Tom senior, because he's been doing this for years and I don't think Brady was necessarily that fond of it when Brady was with the Patriots. uh, And maybe not in the early years, but I bet around 2011 when Giselle was like, my husband can't throw and catch the football too. That's exactly how she sounds. She's a horse. Anyways, (laughs) I'm leaving that in. Yeah, I, I, I just, my, my, my point is here that um, you're, you're right. Hey. I think that that's the, uh, that's the sentiment from the Brady camp. The, the all of this that I'm about to read is, and it's just too bad that Brady is such a fucking coward dickhead that he's got mouthpieces going out there saying what he is thinking. Are you surprised he's been doing though? it for years. It's the so, Guerrero it's, ones. The Guerrero shit today pissed me off. The, all right. The let more. me give you some. So Brady dad pissed base. me off the most. Go no, on. Sorry. Guerrero did. The dad did. Yeah. Okay, well, basically, the dad said it's pretty obvious that uh, the Patriots uh, regime felt it was time to move on and that Brady is vindicated uh, after going to Tampa and winning the Super Bowl. This was with Tommy Curran, NBC Sports. He followed up with, does Tom feel that way? And Tom Sr. said, hell yes, he feels that way in the fact that Tom Brady is vindicated for leaving New England and winning a Super Bowl. We know Brady is running on spite. He's been running on spite his entire career. I, I, I totally get that, but it's still like fucking a dude. So why did it piss you off so bad? Right. The part where they asked him, Tom Curran asked him if he had any more Patriots memorabilia in his house. And he goes, no, I gave it all the way to Goodwill. He goes, maybe I have a license plate somewhere that says six uh, Super Bowl wins, but that's it. He goes, I don't have to keep any of that stuff. I don't need it. Where He is such a cunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this fucking mm-hmm. dude. Oh my God. I, I, I just can't. like, why would you, why would you say that? Why would you just that, say, oh, of course that behavior and that like, it's more spite it's cool. now. Even the father's spiteful. That's, spiteful coming little from, that's coming from Brady. Like just the overall sentiment that Tom senior has towards Belichick is coming. Cause Brady, you know, had shared a couple beers with him over the years and said, you know, this guy's an asshole to me. Like, you won't let me do this. You won't let me do that. And you know, as a dad, you go, Oh, fuck it. Hey, no one treats my boy like that. Yeah. You know? So that's 44. It's time to take your mouth off your daddy's tit and fucking be a man, man. The Guerrero stuff, I'm with you, Bill. This one has came directly from Brady and them working as a tandem because I think, you know, they're pretty much docking 24-7. Uh, so this was with the Herald. And kissing it, their kids on the lips. There you go. Uh, this is a lot of quotes. So let me I don't read so good. Let me see if I can get through it. Quote, um, this is from Guerrero. The interesting thing, I think there, <laughs> this is just <laughs> me. An outsider looking in, it was like Bill never really – I think his emotions or feelings never evolved with age. I think in time with Tom, as Tom got into his late thirties and early forties, I think Bill was still trying to treat him like a 20 year old kid that he drafted. And all the players I think realized Tom was different. He's older. He should be treated differently. And all the players, none of them would have cared that he was treated differently. I think that was such a bill thing. He never evolved. So you can't treat someone who's in their forties, like they're 20. It doesn't work. The last sentence is true. The rest of it is horseshit. Since when does like I get his his greatness for the Patriots, but I'll go back 20 years. What was one of the first press conferences when he was talking about keeping Tom Brady over Drew Bledsoe? I'll do whatever is necessary to win for the team, you know, and he spelled it out. 
coming from the coach. Why is he going to do that? Like he gave him the veteran days off. How many times over the last five or six years with the new England, did he get limited part participation on a Wednesday or after a Monday night game, get the first night of practice off all this. Other shit. He got all that. I don't give a fuck. Like how, he responds to it. He responds to winning. He responds to tough coaching. And that's what bill is. He treats the f- last guy on the roster, just like the first guy on the roster. And for him to start turning into a, like a real diva behind the scenes, like this was obviously the driving force has been rumors about it for years now Is he, he was pissed off with the Johnny Foxborough fucking high school bullshit. And now it's like, I, you cannot get preferential treatment on a team. This is not the green Bay Packers. This is not fucking Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and letting these guys do whatever they fucking want. There's a reason the system works in new England. There's a reason they win all the fucking time. Not one guy is treated differently, not fucking one. And that's what you're winning football games. And you're a fucking diva and a bitch for not for getting sick of it. I'm sorry. It's not all fun. If you go on, if I get it, he's vindicated for winning the Super Bowl. But what if he didn't? What if he went down to Tampa and sucked just to go have more fun? Yeah. What about all these people with the outside noise? I think that's where it really turned the page for Brady. Yeah, he's a competitor. Yeah, but when you have out people like your wife, when you have your trainer, when you have sports media guys saying, wow, Tom Brady's the GOAT and he's getting treated like this from Bill Belichick, it starts all adding up, I think, in his head. And that's why he starts being this little diva cunt that he is, is that he's hearing it from all the outside noise, that he should be treated like a god around anywhere he goes and that people should treat him like he's the best player ever because he is. But yet you're on a team and Bill Belichick is your coach. That's like being your boss. You don't treat your, you don't disrespect your boss. You do what he says. If you don't like it, there's a fucking door. See you later, and don't dude. forget. They offered him 50 million over two. And after he the Super Bowl it. in 2018, turned it down. They bumped him up in 19 and then restructured again in 2020. He was gone after that Super Bowl. After the Rams, yeah, he, wanted- he was gone. He turned down 50 million. He wanted more. He wanted to be paid by like, the top quarterback in the league. And then he goes signs in Tampa for, Two years, fifty million. Three years I'd, later, it's like come I'd on. Be interested two years to later, see what those contracts look like after the incentive laden one that he got. So I, you know, I won't put it all on uh, Brady's lap there with the contracts. I bet that there was some bullshit going on there, and they might have offered it to him late. Regardless, he got preferential treatment. You you mentioned Green Bay. Does Aaron Rodgers have uh, the? Oh, and speaking of preferential treatment, I don't. To cut you off, Guerrero. Guerrero has fucking field access. He has locker room access. They get his own suite for him in there. And he rides on the team. And he rides on the team fucking plane. How is that not? How many other guys in the league get their fucking trainer in everything? Well, thank you for interrupting because that's where I was going. However, where this all (laughs) went awry was when they took that away. Now, starting in 06, 05, Guerrero was on the sidelines with Brady. Fun fact, he started working with McGinnis. McGinnis, yep. 06, he was on the sidelines. He was on the sidelines with Brady until right around the 2016 mark, 17 mark, whenever it started to go away. And Brady threatened to, you know, not go to that Detroit uh, game in the the preseason. If you remember, he wouldn't get on the plane. Uh, And then things changed a little bit. But there was a time when Guerrero had to fly commercial to games, wasn't on the private plane, wasn't on the sideline. That's when we got that shot of Brady in the fucking suite getting rubbed down. And that rubbed him the wrong way. However... What started that is Brady was running a fucking uh, 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 undercurrent 
strength and conditioning program that, that was that was uh, opposing the Patriots tr- strength and conditioning program. And he had the whole Brady bunch and Gronk, Edelman, Amendola, Hogan, not Garoppolo. He locked that fucker out. But the rest of those guys, he was splitting the locker room. Like, what are, what are people not understanding about this? Yes, I get <laughs> Belichick's a dickhead and a dictator and probably an asshole to work with. And he didn't treat Tommy in front of everybody like he was the god that he is. But he got his preferential treatment. They let him open a business at basically the 50 fucking yard line in Foxborough. Are you shitting me? Preferential treatment? Come Dude, on, that, man. He wanted to be treated yeah. like a golden god and be given the offensive coordinator position like he is in, in the Bucks. And, and that's not going to last forever either. We talked about it last show. As soon as that starts to go awry, things aren't going to be fun anymore. Antonio Brown rapes another girl. He's bye-bye. So, like, it's just all such horse shit small person cowardly little bullshit that Tom Brady is doing right now. And he's using his mouthpieces to get his frustration out. And that's all it is. It's a 20 year marriage. We started with marriage at the top of this and how hollow they all are. And these fucking guys, these alpha males lasted for almost 20 years. Of course, there's going to be animosity. And it just sucks that Brady's taking the low road uh, as we move into laying the fucking groundwork as we move into Patriots box week four. It's just, it's gross. It's annoying. It's sad. It sucks. It, from a Brady lover for 20 years to see yeah. all come, come, come to this, it sucks. It, Quickly, though, so let me yeah. go quick. But I think that the whole Brady camp is really pissed off because they have got a window. It's in this book. And from what they're saying on 98.5 in the afternoon show, there could be a little steroid reference to uh, Brady's name and his name getting thrown in the mud from this book. So I think that's why they're all going to DEFCON 4 right now and be like, oh, shit, we got to save face right now and pretty much say, like, this is all bullshit and rumors. Well, we'll see. Um like I said, it just, for me, it just sucks. Just like, if you have a problem, Brady, you, you're saying anything you want right now anyway. What, are you afraid that you're not going to be able to sell more COVID juice if you piss off the New England fans? Like, you're already pissing us off, dude. It's already over. So say what you want. Uh, more importantly, Pat Saints on Sunday. Uh, like I mentioned at the top, Kamara may go for 1,000 yards rushing. Uh, if this run defense looks the same, it's looked in the past couple weeks. Um, you think Bill just stacks the line and lets Jameis throw interception after interception? Do you think that happens? Yeah, he takes your best player away. Kamara's their best player. So, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, Jameis's show to win or lose. Can they take Kamara away, Ray? Like, yeah. do they have the uh, skill, personnel? They haven't been able to stop the run game yet. I think they'll be able to bring someone in that will, like, uh, shadow him all game. Like, if he goes out, you know how he does those uh, routes out in the open for uh, – running back catches and shit like that. I think they're going to have someone shadow him all game. I think he's just going to be stopped. Maybe he'll have like 80 yards running, but he ain't going to be a force on the uh, receiving end. I mean, how how are you going to shut him down where every linebacker on the Patriots looks slow right now? You know, I mean, he's, again, he's catching line, but passes out of the backfield and who's going to run with him? You know, you haven't, you haven't seen Uche. I mean, you're going to trust Duggar to cover Alvin Kamara because I certainly the fuck don't. I don't think they have anyone that can really shut them down. It's not, it's just the, the, the passes out of the backfield really worry me because it's been a one of the Achilles heels for, um, for this Patriots for a long time with this linebacking core going back many, many fucking years, probably since the first dynasty they've had, a, it's been a big issue. You know, it'd be nice. Yeah. Stack the box and see what you could do. I mean, it seems like a, a more man to man type game in the, in the secondary and kind of see if James can be that way. And, uh, 
say what you want about J.C. Jackson, but he's kind of playing his way into that number one role. I mean, I thought he's looked real good. He is a ball hawk, and it just seems like the type of game where, yeah, you're going to want Jameis Wilson to throw the ball because that's the type of guy that's going to get a couple interceptions on off Winston, and you can really fucking rattle him. And if you think he's only threw for, what, 111 yards last week and 115 or 120 the week before? So, I mean, that's a, that's a team that's really relying on the run game and just relying on their defense, but their defense didn't look awesome last week in a losing effort. So, I mean, it seems like the Patriots could easily and should win this game. You know, I think the spread right now is th- three points. But, yeah, I think it all comes down to Al Kamara. He's the X factor because I think he can run on this team. And, and honestly, the way Mac's been throwing the football, you can at least dink and dunk and get yourself into scoring range. But outside of Alvin Kamara and Callaway are the only two legit there. Smith they still have there. And, and I forget who the other Quinn or something. They, I forget his name. But, yeah. They're not anyone awesome. So, I mean, he's the one X factor. Yeah, try to shut him down. But I don't think they have the linebacking core to do it. And that's why Jamie Jamie Collins rumors makes you wonder. Uh, yeah, we can touch that in a second. But um, it makes me think, you know, if Belichick doesn't think that his front seven is ready to, to, to fully stop a run, could we see the game plan that we've seen before is you only let him run. You let him run for 200 yards and you lock it up in the red zone and make him throw <laughs> into the end zone. And, you know, and you lose the time of possession, you lose the possession game that turns the ball into Mac Jones hands. You can't afford six 14 yard drives. You got to be able to score um, and you got to be able to score touchdowns. I don't think the offense is in that position either. So I don't think it's as an easy game as, as it may look on paper. Uh, I think it's going to be tight. I, I expect the Patriots to pull it out, but I think it's going to be a tight game. And I think Alvin Kamara is going to run all the fuck over this Patriots defense. It's just a matter of Jameis can outmatch Mac Jones. Cause I think they're probably pretty equal quarterbacks at this point in their career. Um, and uh, I think it's going to come down to the, to the aerial attack on both teams. Uh, speaking of uh, Jameis real quick, yes or no on Jameis Winston, Raymond. What's the question? Oh, uh, not Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Jamie Collins. Uh, I would say no. He's been here, but twice now, third time. I don't. I don't think. I don't need him. I'm all set. Bill. Uh, yeah, because I think you have questions at the linebacker depth, honestly. And and you've seen Kyle Van Noy get beat up. He was out this week with a throat injury. Ushe has been played limited minutes. I just think you can. He can kind of fill that Raekwon role that you you kind of lost when he tore his ACL, honestly. And I think he could kind of slide him back in. I think he could contribute a little bit, and especially if he's going to be a part-time player. You know, I think they could use some depth there, honestly, just the way they've looked after the first two weeks. The reports are that he's uh, wants out of Detroit because they are limiting his role for younger players. If he comes into England, he's certainly not going to have a starting role. Uh, no, but so, Hightower is his best friend. True. I, I would be for it because I'm more, more bodies, the better athletic linebackers. You need them. Um, and he's had success in the system. He knows what he would be getting into coming back here. Um, if you can get him for cheap, then yeah, fucking why not? But I'll say one thing. You do also have a bigger hole in offensive line. So if you can get up more offensive line depth and it's it had one or the other, I'm going with the offensive line instead of a guy like Jamie Collins. Okay. Keep that in mind. All right. Quickly predictions uh, for Sunday. Pat Saints. What do you think it looks like? I'll go. I think Pat's uh, win by three. I think it's a 27, 24 game, 21, 24 game, something like that. Maybe 17, 21, something like that. Um, low scoring. Uh, grinded out football like we've seen from the Patriots all season. and um, But I think they pulled out. I think they pulled out at home with the Saints team whose stadium caught on fire this week. 
and played in Jacksonville week one have been really a little bit. I don't think they have a home yet. I don't know where they're going to play again. Probably in Jacksonville, maybe, but who maybe knows? their quarterback has uh, yet to throw for 300 yards on the season. So uh, yeah, give me the pats, but close 200 close. yards. <laughs> I think he had three. 158 week one, actually. So yeah, Either way, might not 200. Either way, fuck them. You, you know, <laughs> eat your crab legs. Ray, what do you got? Uh, 24, 20 Patriots. Okay. I actually, that was my 24, 20 Patriots too. I think they cover this spread. I think it's at three right now. Goddamn Homer prediction. We're all taking the bucks next week, right? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. We'll see when we get there. All right, let's hand this out. We got some Bruins. We got Celtics and we got revolution in five minutes or less. Okay. Bruins kick off preseason. Uh, they got the caps on Sunday. Um, you know, they were on the ice today. Bill, does this, doesn't it feel incomplete? Doesn't this? Yeah. You're missing a second line center. Doesn't it feel like there was a move coming? You got $1.6 million on your cap space. Krejci was a question mark. We know that he's probably not coming back if he does. He's 100%. He's he's 100% not coming back. Okay, so doesn't it feel like there's still another shoe to drop? It's like some kind of move down the pike, uh, Jack Eichel. Um, Doesn't it feel like something like that? Maybe not that big, but my greater point, sorry to keep cutting you off, the team feels incomplete. Yeah, Eichel would be great, and I think Buffalo's doing him dis- uh, doing him dirty right now, and they're only fucking themselves by him failing a physical, which he's been bitching about Buffalo that he's wanted neck surgery since I don't know April. Yeah, so just March. real quick, Jack Eichel failed his physical to come into camp, uh, and Buffalo stripped him of his captaincy, ten million dollar number two overall pick. Uh, so anyway, go ahead. And he's been rumored to the Bruins for, uh, you know, a year and a half played at PU, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, that would be ideally he's your, he's your target, but again, the neck injury scares me. If the price is right. Sure. You, I don't, I'm not sold with moving coil up on that second line. He was in a red, no, no contact Jersey with off season knee surgery. So he's been, he'll be starting camp slow. He's been skating, but you know, no contact Jack Sudnika Sudnika on the second line today, added 15 pounds of muscles. Uh, coming into camp, shocked the Bruins. They did not expect him to come in kind of looking like a monster compared to last year. But yeah, Nick Foligno, um, that I forget the other guy they got from Nashville who's a center. Wow, the eight, he's got an H. I forget his name. He's just slipped my mind. Yeah, but Harris. those the other guy they picked up too is is a they got three. They picked up three centermen yeah, slash wingers. No, but those aren't. Those are more like third line. Even Felino, I would like to see Felino on the third line. Ideally, you want Charlie Coyle to get there. Ideally, you're hoping that after this fucking knee surgery comes out, you know how much I've loved Charlie Coyle on this show. I was really pissed off on him down him last year, but again, it come out that he was playing on a busted knee for about a year and a half. You know, and he was grinded out. Wasn't missing a lot of games. I'm. He has the skill set. He has the speed he has to play with Taylor Hall. Like that's ideally the guy you want. And let's hope it happens. Cause then, then it makes it feel a little bit better where you're, you are bringing Jake the back. It sounds like those guys are on the same page. It sounds like they're not fucking pissed off with each other anymore. So hopefully you get a, maybe a motivated to different circumstances in last year. And then if those things work, I don't think you're missing a lot. You know, you, you signed Charlie Coyle for this moment, two years ago, three years ago, when you traded for him, right? You gave him five years or six years at $30 million, making five, 5.3 million. This is why you signed him to this extension. They were prepared for this move. This is what you need. This is the next progression. You got younger and now you need him to make that jump. If he makes that jump, you're still a top two to three team in the East. And especially if your goalie situation with uh, Ulrich and Swayman is better than Swayman and Rass last year, this team can legit get in the playoffs, but uh, make a deep run in the playoffs, but you still got holes in defense. So 
Bill, 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 Bill. I'm in every fucking year with this guy. Every fucking I'm year. I'm always high in the Brewers, baby. Come on. Second round exit. Fucking here we come. Mm-hmm. Unless you get that guy, go Charlie Coyle, DeBrusque, first round pick, and a mid prospect. Give me Eichel, even if he doesn't play this year. That's the move. Uh, I, I'm with you. The, co- the move should be Coyle. He hasn't proven that he can play second round center. I said it as soon as the, the offseason. I said it last year. I wanted to trade Krejci, give Coyle a chance in the second line, but I don't have constant. Well, you know, that he can he's do got it. talent. Taylor Hall and Craig Smith look real good with Krejci. And now you have uh, Charlie Coyle, who's faster and bigger than Krejci is. So, I mean, that, that fucking line. Taylor Hall is one of the fastest guys in the NHL. That yeah, t- we'll that see. line's gonna fuck. Fastest him. guy alive. Fastest well, guy fast, alive. Fast uh, Ray Gobies. Gobies. Uh, real quickly, I want to touch on this Jalen Brown interview that he had. Uh, I'll just read you a quick quote. Uh, this was with Mark Spears. Um, so, quote: this, talking about the offseason and coming in, focusing on on the season this year. This, by the way, spoiler speaks directly to Marcus Smart. Quote, I'll definitely be more of a playmaker this season for sure. Just making the right plays and empowering my teammates. I just want to win games. So every year I approach the season as trying to get better. My body feels a lot better. I'm more athletic than I was last season. I had knee problems last year. They were lingering. I hope uh, that I won't have this this season. Somebody told me I had 12, 15 dunks, 58 games. That's not me. I just want to get back to being athletic, being a playmaker. Uh, Different coach. I'm looking forward to that journey. He then goes on to say, what are you, what should the team focus on? Just play basketball, have fun and play. You just got to play the games. That's it. No pressure. Uh, no offense, but keep the media out of the locker room. Just focus on the game. I think sometimes, especially depending on the market, you start to say things in the media and then things start to snowball in terms of internal issues become blown out of proportion and it could become something small that can be resolved, but the media takes it and then everybody's going to be upset about it because now they got to answer for it. Coaches got to reply to it. We come to practice. We got to answer to it. He just summed up last season and how it went to shit. I think it's Mark Smart. It could certainly well be Tatum as well. But make no mistake, Jalen Brown is the leader of his team. Marcus Smart is still an impediment to that leadership. Uh, and Jason Tatum's your you best player. He's, he's a cancer. Get Marcus Smart off this team, right? I totally agree. We've been saying it all along. Marcus Smart's the uh, Achilles heel of this team. He's the one that's going to ruin you. He's the one that's the, got the big ego. He's the Allen Iverson that isn't Allen Iverson, but thinks he's Allen Iverson. He's a terrible player. He's a terrible teammate. He's a terrible role model for the young guys. Get him off this fucking team. Do you trade him for Ben Simmons? Oh, that's a great question. No. Now, there was a report. No. To, real quick, there was <laughs> there was a report today or a trade scenario that Marcus Smart would be in the uh, tradings for Ben Simmons, and he fits perfectly with the Sixers, and it would work out really well for the Sixers to sum it up because we're against it here. Uh, and then on the back end, there's like two sentences. Could it work with the Celtics? Well, he would clog <laughs> shit up for the Celtics offense. They would have to completely change the offense to a fully running team. And, you know, if Ime is into that and wants to do that, then maybe. So, so no. So, no, no. Ben Simmons no. is a lost cause. He'll be out of the NBA in five years. Okay. Uh, First team defender, too. Less, though. It's crazy. Last then. Well, he's signed 30 million for the next four, right? Uh, tater tits on the pitch. The Revolution are the best team in soccer. Why? Because they won the most games and they have the most points, idiot. Okay, that was uh, Soccer Minute with Brad. Uh, this is the most the you talked the whole show. <laughs> this has been the Silverman Sports Show, Friday headline, September 24th. Uh, we will see you Sunday morning for early lines. We were better this week. Tune in. Tune in. Uh, you don't have to fade us, I don't think. I think we're catching our mojo. Bye bye.
拜拜。I really wanted to know about the revolution. No, you Do you have anything real to say? Do you have actually anything? Are they that good, or is it just a fucking? No, they're really that good. Okay, cool.